0: Hello, and welcome to Challenging Your Health Mindset. This podcast is produced and presented by Liberty University's Student Health Center and Wellness Initiatives Department. Hello, and welcome back. I'm so glad to have my good friend, Dr. Joanna Thomas, here today. Um, we're On Season 4, Episode 5, and today we'll be talking about uh, women's health, uh, general women's health, and issues for our listening audience. So, Dr. Thomas, before we get started, tell us a little about yourself.
1: Yeah, so I'm the medical director over at the Student Health Center uh, here on campus in Commons 3. Um, I'm a board-certified family physician, and uh, preventative health uh, is is my bread and butter and what I love to do, and especially women's health, so thank you for having me here today.
0: It's a pleasure. Always to be in your company, and I'm glad our listeners get to see you, hear you today, and talk about this very important topic.
1: Yeah, so women's health uh, it encompasses, uh, you know, an entire holistic uh, process. Uh, procedure related to um, you know everything about your being not only your mind spirit but all of that physical wellness as well um, which is you know the what we're trying to get here at Liberty as well so what you know the important things are are um, you know the 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 things that we tell everybody including diet and exercise and stress management and sleep and those of course are always important um, yeah. but when we talk about the the specific things about women's health we start talking about some of our the tests and procedures that we do um every couple of years especially in this age group to make sure that we're you know not uh you know we're we're being healthy and taking care of any cancer risks and all of those kind of things
0: that's awesome so you do all of that even here on campus,
1: we do. Yeah, so the the normal women's health exam, which I know everybody hates the word pap, but that is what we actually do here on campus as well. Um, we do send that lab off to one of our pathology groups here locally, but the exam uh, and the procedure, like any of the lab work that would be required, uh, is done here on campus uh, with the student health fee.
0: Wow! So, for uh, for our young ladies who are on campus. What about uh, if this is maybe not their first time with these types of issues, but their first time away from home, what kind of things can they expect, or what? how can they prepare, or what do they need to do to get that started here on campus?
1: Yeah, so all they have to do is actually walk into the Student Health Center and, and request an annual visit,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and then they'll meet with uh, myself or one of my other providers here on campus, or uh, if you know, if they're particular about wanting to see a female in particular, which is a pretty common sure. you know, concern. Uh, we have uh, four different uh, uh, women providers. Uh, three of them are physician assistants, uh, but they do an excellent job and have been doing women's health exams for as long as I have. Sure. Uh, and so they will come in and they'll we'll talk uh, the entire procedure through if it is their first uh, pelvic exam. Uh, if they don't need a pelvic exam because maybe they're not of age and it's not required yet, which yeah. we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, We certainly can uh, just provide a normal uh, head-to-toe physical exam and then make any recommendations in regards to whether any screening needs to be done, whether that's uh, lab work or a urine specimen for uh, testing for sexually transmitted infections um, Mm -hmm. or any of those kind of required or requested uh, tests, for
0: sure. So they don't have to come to the front desk and say, hey, I need...
1: Nope, they can say, I need an annual exam, uh, or I have a women's health issue, or I have a female concern, and that way they don't have to... Disclose you know, Disclose anything? what that is, for sure.
0: So then when they get back in the back and have more privacy, and it's one-to-one with that provider...
1: That's when they bring up their concerns, Absolutely,
0: absolutely and you guys are so professional and so conscious of patient privacy and i think that's important for uh anyone but especially young ladies with such a uh, important issue that they feel comfortable and they feel uh that they're supported and uh, gaining knowledge and understanding of their body and their general health right uh,
1: absolutely and i know a lot of times these types of questions and concerns are things that their mom and dad are very conscientious about and maybe they don't want their parents to know so we sure. obviously uh want to provide the the right health care for that particular patient but because it is a, a you know a, a private issue it becomes um yeah. just between the doctor and the and the the, the student that comes in
0: that's cool. That's cool. So we're in the month of October, and October is uh, Women's Health Month, mm-hmm. and it's Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And how do you deal with those topics when you approach health on a college campus?
1: Yeah. So you know, certainly we uh, the, providing education is the most important part, and prevention of those uh, domestic issues is is always the what we would strive for
0: um
1: and so you know certainly um understanding um the warning signs about being in a a, in a controlling relationship um are things that we uh, will frequently discuss um, or if they have any concerns about, you know, you know, their ability to uh, say no or set boundaries mm. and all of those things. Yeah. Um, and if they need help with that, we certainly can provide some guidance and direction. Sure. But certainly our counseling center does an excellent job on campus of those Absolute. types of things as well. From a physical exam standpoint, um, we, we rely mostly on the patient to kind of, um, to tell us some things, but there's a a behavior in the exam room that we kind of sense that, you know, says that maybe they're trying to guard um, or can keep uh, some secrets to themselves. Sure. Um, we certainly are not an office that has them stripped down and look at a gown right, and right, you know, do right. a head-to-toe exam. But certainly there are, you know, subtle things. that We'll, we'll notice bruises on hands and mm-hmm. uh, maybe make comments about those. Um, and, you know, certainly if the student then is able or willing to disclose more about how they got those bruises in that environment, then we'll certainly, you know, sit them down and actually kind of delve even deeper into that issue.
0: Yeah, Uh, just (laughs) you being my doctor personally, uh, I know that you care about your patients and that it's important to you that they're well. Um, has it been your experience that you've had to intervene or advocate for students?
1: Uh, we well I think every medical provider at any at some point in time has to, to advocate for them sure. um, and so um, being one of the female providers on campus I have had students come in and, and uh, very honestly disclose some very private information um, and then of course it's my job to figure out at what what do we need to do from there sure. so unfortunately there are times where I'm legally bound especially if the person is a minor t- to report those uh, issues mm-hmm. um, and legally I you know I, I disclose that information if that's the case to the to the actual student uh, but you know the vast majority of uh, students here on campus are of legal age and I provide education about what they should do but sure. certainly there's no forcing of, of that decision or anything like that and it's that's, their the, decision. P- yeah.
0: that's mm-hmm. the point that I was making is that your presence is not to rescue and intervene but to To help and to uh, guide students in the decisions,
1: absolutely, that, yeah, and in I their want best them, interest, yeah, and I certainly want them, especially in regards to some of these domestic issues. I want sure. them to have everything that they need in their toolbox if they decide to. Maybe unfortunately, there was uh, a, you know a, a forced sexual act, mm-hmm. um, and there there needs to be evidence if they want to proceed on further. So sure. I I obviously provide the direction of where where to obtain samples and all that kind of stuff, but certainly. Uh, More often than not, uh, I I get those students maybe several weeks after the uh, event has happened they're finally willing to talk about it. And so then we actually talk more about the mental health aspects related to that event.
0: Oh, my goodness. So it's not just a uh, come in and uh, invasion of privacy is really a support.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yes.
0: Yeah. Well, I I appreciate uh, what you do and uh, the... young ladies on our campus. But not only do you see students, but you have the opportunity to see faculty and staff members. And some of our listening audience are members in that demographic. So what would be different? for their experience
1: yeah so you know um let, let's kind of go back a little bit and kind of say what's the you know what's specific about women's health um in terms of preventative care and so sure. the first thing is is that uh, pelvic exams i know everybody thinks about this pap but it actually isn't due until they're 21. so the vast majority of our Our college students, unless you're a grad student or one of our uh, faculty members who has uh, decided to stay with us, um, they don't actually need that exam. Um, And so we certainly will screen for uh, sexually transmitted infections or STIs um, through urine samples, but we don't have to do the actual pelvic exam. So when we're talking about faculty and staff members, well, it's different in the sense that they actually are due for that type of exam, Um, regardless of whether they've been sexually active or not. um, PAPs are done uh, starting at age 21. Every three years until you turn 30 and then after 30 we add that HPV testing Mm -hmm. DNA probe and so then as long as everything still remains normal then they're actually switched over to an every five year procedure for that. So our faculty and staff members are usually the ones that are more getting the pelvic exams than our actual students. Now certainly all of the um, uh, especially our older individuals in uh, faculty and staff um, will certainly start to talk about things like mammograms and all of those but it usually doesn't begin until at at the very earliest, 40, for a routine uh, patient, Mm -hmm. um, and then 10 years prior to maybe mom or sister had breast cancer diagnosed uh, at a young age. So it would be 10 years prior to that that initial diagnosis for the individual um, for the routine screening for that standpoint. So that's when we kind of um, decide when we need to refer over to the radiology department for the breast imaging. Uh, Most of the time, unless there's an actual concern nowadays, Mm -hmm. uh, we actually don't do breast exams regularly um certainly if there's a lump or a bump or something like that that we have to to evaluate and decide whether it needs intervention that we do that as more of a an actual visit not a prevention
0: gotcha gotcha so it it sounds um like the care that can be given is available right here on campus and uh the fears or apprehension that a student may have could be addressed even in the um the appointment
1: absolutely for yeah. annual
0: visit mm-hmm. right
1: yeah no that's what was our our, our certainly our strife uh, and what we w- or want to, to provide for our students here on campus uh, in addition to that we also all do immunizations um, you know I know a lot of uh, parents have uh, elected to uh, not administer the human papilloma papillomavirus um, to their um, high school and, and younger students even though it's now recommended even starting at age 11 just because of other social related issues so um, you know especially in college and you know the the peak time is that 18 to 26 to follow back up on that vaccination sure we do bill to the insurance for those but we provide that on campus as well, including the, up, uh, the tetanus that is usually due around 23, 24 as well, and you know some of those other uh, uh, immunizations uh, that need to be updated as well. And those can be done in our office as well.
0: That's amazing. So I, I am so delighted to have you on, and you always have such great information. If you had to sum up women's health and what is the next step for our listening audience, let's start first with our students, what what would you recommend?
1: Oh, well, the first and foremost thing that uh, I think any of our uh, listening audience needs to do is eat right, exercise, and get lots of sleep, which no one seems to want to do here <laughs> on campus. But we yeah. know that those three things are actually the main driving forces for a lot of things, including being overweight, having blood pressure issues, becoming a diabetic, mm-hmm. even cancer is related to some of, uh, especially obesity. And obesity is related to insomnia and cortisol levels and all that kind of stuff. So um, if we had to focus on any three items um, f- across the entire uh, listening group, I would say that those would be it. Um, you know, diet, exercise, and sleep. Uh, and then after that, um, you know, the mental health component certainly is something that we need to always focus on um, mm-hmm. in regards to our students you know being uh, wise of our surroundings to make sure that um, we set boundaries for ourselves um, and you know don't allow um, uh, others to take advantage of us and if that does happen feeling uh in a, an outlet in in which we can actually uh seek sure. that uh, additional counseling uh and then as we um uh, of course anytime you become sexually active at any point in time we do need to start doing some uh urine and blood testing to make sure that we're not at risk of those sexually transmitted infections so being wise and and understanding that there is it there's no guilt or or yeah. um uh you know any judgment that is Put upon you. Those are things that happen at any point in time when we become sexually sure. active, whether it was um, when we were young or whether we've been married for ten years, right? So right. Um, those things definitely need are, are not something that's a taboo subject, at least in our office. Um, and then as we get older, um, certainly we need to start worrying about those cancer screenings and all of those mm-hmm. kind of things, which we don't expect in the 18 to 25-year-old population very frequently. Uh, but of course, as we get older, we need to just kind of maintain um, regular routine visits with a preventative uh, physician so we can um, uh, pick up those diseases early and hopefully be able to find a cure if, you know, or at least a, a more uh, equitable tr- like treatment um, sure. going long term.
0: Yeah. So, Dr. Thomas, um, you've mentioned it before, and I I think I kind of picked it up. Are there any concerns that women's health should have in mind or our listeners should have um, in mind that may be hereditary?
1: Oh, absolutely. So, you know, certain cancers do have a tendency to run in families. Those are some of the specialized breast and ovarian cancers. Uh, and so there are genetic testing that we can do for the individuals who know uh, of a family member, especially a sister or mom. Grandparents come a little bit uh, questionable. but So if we have a direct genetic co- component to one of those uh, female cancers, then we can certainly send off for, uh, to, to screen for that individual as well. Uh, and then, of course, um, there are certain blood disorders, um, whether that is um, specific types of uh, anemia like thalassemia or sickle cell, that do need to be addressed if the patient isn't aware of those already. Most of the time, they actually are informed at an mm. earlier age. But some, uh, maybe they didn't actually get um, the follow-up testing that was needed. Um There are um, certainly um, genetic risk factors for some mental health disorders. Um, That doesn't necessarily um, run true for all things like depression and anxiety, but there are are certainly um, schizophrenia kind of runs in the family um, and some other mental health disorders that certainly need to be addressed uh, in order to be controlled as well.
0: That's amazing. And I am, again, thrilled That we have you and your team here on campus to support all of the physical health and all the emotional support needs and then Again, uh, knowing that your training and experience will prepare you to assist and direct these um, patrons and patients, if you will, uh, to other resources on campus. Uh, If need be, LUPD or the Lynchburg Police Department, um, Counseling Services, and our office, Health and Wellness, partnering in the health education, health promotion, it's a really good place to be here at Liberty University. And part of that reason is because of you and your team. So Love thank that. you.
1: That's very kind We enjoy working with all of our students and faculty and staff members. And I couldn't imagine my, myself any other place.
0: Awesome. Thanks for coming. Mm-hmm.